This episode is brought to you by Arcadia Meat Market. Uh, Arcadia Meat Market is a butcher shop that specializes in sourcing the highest quality meats and provisions from local farms and purveyors whenever possible. Their mission is to create transparency in the food chain so that you know what you're eating. The meat they sell was either pastured or free-ranged, raised humanely without the use of antibiotics or hormones. Pretty sick. Pretty awesome. They mean it. I mean it. Go check it out, especially if you're a meat eater. It's amazing. Uh, really high-quality products and they they sell not only meat they sell local greens and cheeses raw milk i mean some people come in there just for raw milk kind of cool uh, and they sell wine and beer too in case you uh need a little bit of uh some local arizona red to go with your fucking prime rib ribeye i always say prime rib instead of ribeye it's i mean same thing whatever uh i bought chicken there last night it was fucking so good i don't like chicken breasts and i got chicken breasts it was so good i also cooked it like a champ so woohoo um no really it was really really good uh two wash ranch chicken so they, they do sell two wash ranch there and if anyone uh in arizona has heard of that you know it's good you know arcadia meat market's good so check them out uh this episode is going to be a little um a little different uh, a little more chewable digestible shorter so you can kind of um you know listen to it without having to make a three-hour long commitment, which I'm still going to do those episodes, those long format ones. Don't don't think I'm not going to. But I want to kind of offer more, you know, smaller, shorter ones so people can, you know, kind of keep up, you know, keep up. This one's going to cover a little bit of like, you know, where I've been recently kind of and um, some intentions with the show. There should be a accompanied video up on YouTube by the time you listen to this. Uh, and it's, it's cool. I actually I really enjoyed having a video little... Little talk. It was awesome. Uh, yeah, I'll talk about plants in this one. So listen up, listen closely, and enjoy. So this is going to be interesting because I'm doing it myself, but I'm uh, recording with a camera on me. Let's see if that's a right better view. We'll try to sync everything up. And it shouldn't be too hard. It's just uh, something I've never done before. I bought myself a nice camera like last week. And I'm kind of in over my head, I think, uh, right now with the time I have to be able to like invest in learning and getting better at this, but whatever, one bite at a time, right? Um, I have been in um, all, all sorts of mental head, head, head spaces. It's that I've kind of tracked my own personal ebb and flow to about three months, uh, every three months that... You know, I can grind for three months and go, go, go. Um, and then I need like a really extended break, like five days is kind of, and it could be just with the work I'm doing right now uh, in combination with, I mean, between actual bartending job and um, just work at home, whether it's cleaning the house, whether it's maintaining uh, my plants, whether it's maintaining my garden, which is also my plants, uh, my body, which is exercise, which uh, is incredibly important. Um, and it helps everything else you know, kind of makes everything else a little easier to bear with. If, if you kind of kick your own ass at the gym a few times a week and kind of, you know, it, it tends to be a little easier to do just regular life shit. You know, it's not as like stressful. So been, uh, been going to the gym recently more than I was for a few weeks. I needed a break cause I had a little elbow injury that was really, um, quite annoying, but I think I've done some good work to kind of curb that, uh, physical therapy. Thank you. Uh, yeah, so I want to talk about, I don't know what I want to talk about. I wanted to just to talk and uh, to try filming myself. So this is all improv, you know. I actually didn't script this one. I script every other one. 
Uh, no, I... Let's see. There was a few points that have been coming up in my head lately. A lot of them is... One of them is... Uh, God damn, I can't even talk. <laughs> Let's do a little more coffee to try to get in the juju of everything. I... I've been thinking about um, talking more about plants on this podcast and doing more digestible little bits for people because I understand three hours is not the most ideal uh, length of time to listen to something. I prefer it because, you know, I can listen for, um, you know, an hour while I'm going to the gym or hour and a half at the gym or whatever, hour at the grocery store. You know, I knock out a few hours in a day on a day off where I'm like, getting the shit done or if I'm setting up the bar at work I have something to listen to and then I can like listen to it before work after winning whatever I can kind of just tune in and, and you know resume um, where I was at and I just find it I find it uh, enjoyable entertaining to listen to long-form conversations other people however do not and uh, I, I've seen on the the stats on my um, analytics that people aren't listening um, as long as you know, I might listen to a podcast, which is totally cool. I mean, I don't always listen to every podcast I follow uh, the whole way through, but um, I want something a little more uh, approachable and digestible. So I'm going to do these like little one-off episodes. I'm trying to record it on with the camera this one, but if if not, you might just hear me on the uh, on the airwaves uh, talking about this. But I, yeah, I think um, I think it's cool to kind of offer something a little quick and, and chewable. Uh, I want to talk about plants. Let's talk about plants because I had a friend over a few weeks ago um, and she, she's like, I was, t- I was telling her about, you know, garden stuff as I was going over my garden and what I had going on. She's like, why don't you talk about this on your podcast? She's like, you're fucking right. Um, and another thing with the podcast, I want to start, I want to stop drinking as much on it because, you know, oftentimes uh, the people I have on my uh, podcast are people that I, um, it's usually like a first time or a second time official hang besides just engaging in another public environment. So for us to kind of hang one-on-one, like, yeah, you celebrate a little bit and you drink a little bit, but <clears throat> I just find that that's not always the best way for me to engage with another human being or engage with my own thoughts and be as articulate as I can. So I think, uh, kind of inhibiting some of the alcohol and I also can't really drink right now because of, um, I went to the vocal doctor and, I've got some strain. I mean, if you can probably hear my voice, it's a little hoarse. I've been drinking a lot of water. Um, there might be a nodule on there. That's not really uh, for sure until I kind of lower the inflammation. I'm on like a steroid right now, so I'm going to get huge. I'm going to get huge. Um, no, I'm on a steroid right now, so hopefully that kind of drives some inflammation out. However, just a little annoying to um, to have to deal with that. It's all good. Uh, you know, you live and you learn, you grow. Um, I took a, I took a, you know, an extra day off this week to kind of recover my voice as well and to get this done. Let's see. So yeah, anyway, however, so I want to talk about plants. I'll get to that point, you know, and also I also want to bring up the point of, you know, shorter digestible episodes and less boozy booze because it's not the best thing to do while I'm trying to be uh, a, a show host. So with that, I want to talk about gardening and gardening in Arizona because I've learned only how to garden in Arizona because that's where I live. I guess I can narrow down to a few things I think are essential. Um, A lot of people say, you know, it's so hard to grow things out here. I'm like, no, it's not. I mean, if you've you've got a water source, if you got good soil, you're fine. Um, 
And if you know what to plant, when to plant it, you're fine too. That's another thing. So there's what I would recommend people, uh, especially those of you who live in Arizona, if you want to start a garden, obviously reach out to me. Um, but also you can look up a low desert planting calendar. So there's this guy named Greg Peterson. He lives in North Phoenix. He runs the urban farm. Um, and he does like an urban farm university kind of thing. It's, it's basically just classes where he teaches you how to do, um, various techniques like you know growing fruit trees uh how to grow vegetables how to do year-round gardening and what to garden when so he has this like i think it's about 40 or 50 plant list of uh when to plant when to transplant when to harvest optimal times for each you know category of plant he kind of gives you like base level stuff so like you know say it's like 40 50 plants whatever uh it'll, it'll go off corn corn you want to plant in march right and then it's like a summer crop and or certain things you want to like if you read uh like seed packets a lot of them aren't necessarily um what's the word man a little frost foggy i guess uh they aren't they don't really pertain to arizona's climate as much i guess you could say that <clears throat> you know because we don't really have frosts we we have microclimates and stuff we do have little frost and it does get a little cold over winter occasionally uh, and we just had a little cold spell like last week that I saw some purpleness happen on my plants on a few leaves. Um, and the purple usually get kind of is an indicator of um, frost damage. If you can, if you can kind of, I don't know, I don't have any plants to show, but dead air. Anyway, purple, <laughs> not even high, dude. I don't even know what's going on. Um, yeah, so anyway, there's a little bit of frost last week. That's what I was saying. Okay, so usually it doesn't dip below 40 very often. Um, in the winter, occasionally it does. So we, we have a lot of, we basically have a year-round growing climate. So what I would say is to kind of refer to that uh, low desert planting calendar. You can find it on Google pretty easily. And uh, I think you have to subscribe to an email that it gives you a PDF download. And then if you really wanted to just unsubscribe right away, you can do that too as soon as you get your PDF. I think that's how I did it. Um, but it's a cool resource to kind of refer to. And, and now I kind of have that in my head. Of, I know when to plant what. And, uh, you know, you can always be safe with herbs. Herbs are easy as fuck. But every herb is a little different. You know, certain herbs like more water. Certain herbs like less water. And I say, uh, I would say mint is the, the ones who like more water. But mint you want to kind of keep in its own um, its own container because it'll quickly spread over your garden and take, take over... Um, I mean, I've had mint that had taken over, I don't know, like a 10 by 10 area. Um, it was awesome. I had a mint, I had mint all the time, but it wasn't like ideal. So kind of keep them in a pot and they do do like to be wet. So they like a lot of water because mint often grows like right on like a stream. Um, time, you don't want to have a lot of water. You don't want to have really good soil for time. Uh, time. So, I mean, think about it like a, like a little child. Like if you spoil that kid and he's not going to develop any character. If he's always, if he doesn't ever get in trouble, if he always gets whatever he wants, he's not going to develop a whole lot of character, you know, and he's probably going to get his ass kicked one day and uh, it's going to be the most dram dramatic, traumatizing thing ever for him. So the same way with time uh, and a few other herbs, you don't want to give them the best, nicest life because they won't develop good character or good flavor. So you don't want them to have a lot of water. You want them to kind of be, so for mine, I have like raised beds. And so I kind of make sure all the soil goes, bows down to the middle. So it kind of flows down like the water does. So at the, at the, at the middle of like the, you know, right. Raised bed, like rectangle. 
the middle is the lowest point. And so I'll do the more uh, higher water requirement plants in the middle, the lower water requirement plants to the edge. So my thyme and um, certain tomatoes are on the edge too, but they they all kind of get even water. But the ones I particularly put my thyme and lemon thyme away from uh, the drip line so it doesn't get as as wet. Uh, so yeah, those are some cool things to think about. Herbs are pretty easy to maintain. Basil's pretty easy. Um, <clears throat> I like herbs a lot, so I plant a lot of herbs, and I almost don't have enough sometimes because I'm, I have like I have like six big basil plants, and I feel like I you know I'm concerned because you never really want to harvest over ten percent of the plant at a time. So that's a good good thing to keep in mind as well. You don't want to pick it down to the bare minimums, and, and you know kind of stress the plant out to try to reproduce, you know, because as much as those leaves are tasty, they also provide life and energy for that plant. So that's an important thing. Something to also note about Arizona is it's, it is hot and it is dry and there's not a lot of atmosphere in between us and the sun, you know, compared to like a humid environment, there's a lot more water in the atmosphere. So there's more um, restriction of sunbeams going through. So think about, you know, it's 85 in Arizona and you're standing right out in the middle of the sun and it feels like 100 degrees. Well, you could do the same thing in somewhere where it's a more humid climate. It's going to be less intense because there's more more things in the way of that, you know, kind of filtering that uh, infrared light out, right? And so that infrared light is the part of the um, electromagnetic spectrum that you can't see infrared you can't see red um but it, it it produces heat and so that is uh something that kind of helps to evaporate water so in order to kind of curb that because we're a dry climate out here if you're going to use water and you want to keep most of that water in the soil i'd suggest doing like a two inch layer of either hay or i like to use shredded cedar because it looks sexy it smells good it helps deter pests because the natural essential oils in cedar are kind of pest deterrents um it's not dangerous for humans. I wouldn't uh, probably eat a whole lot of it because it's wood. <laughs> and uh, obviously, and yes, yeah, so what that does is it over time will break down into the soil and create kind of a, um, like a, I don't know, like a barrier between, right, the, the, the drying effect of the sun or just environment in general. So it kind of keeps water in. And then as it breaks down over time, it creates nutrients for the plants. Uh, another big thing to know about plants is you have uh, three essential um, micronutrients in the soil that are uh, super important for plant growth. And there's various plant plant needs uh, as far as like minerals and, and you know elements go. But the main three are nitrogen, potassium, and phosphorus. Phosphorus is good for root growth. Potassium is, I believe, stem growth. I can't fucking remember. Uh, flowers, flowering plants need a lot of phosphorus or um, potassium. Um, and then I could be talking on my ass. I'm pretty sure that's that's right. The phosphorus part I'm right about. And the second part I'm like, Ugh. Um, and then nitrogen is for leaf growth. Um, nitrogen is one of the more prevalent uh, requirements for for plants. It's a uh, you, so you'll see on like a plant fertilizer, you'll see three numbers, like a 5-5-5. That means it's like 5% by weight of whatever you're buying is this, right? So five is usually NPK, nitrogen, um, phosphorus, and potassium. K is potassium. So you have these numbers that indicate the concentration of fertilizer in your plant. And so say you want to plant a plant. You just look up optimal. Go on Google and type in. So say I want to, I want to plant marigold. Okay, optimal marigold fertilizer requirements, right? 
or even our indoor plants. I looked up ZZ plant and, you know, I heard, you know, I found a 2020 balanced fertilizer is a good option for a ZZ plant indoor. Cool. Right. So you have all these different ways to kind of gauge that if you kind of know those base starting things and then you can kind of look it up and be better for your plants. Oh, I mean, and all this stuff is so easy to find. You just have to know a, f- a few terms to let you into the whole system. Right. So like, you know, if you didn't know the term fertilizer, you wouldn't know how the fuck to know how to feed the plant. So know the term fertilizer. So optimal fertilizer requirements for blah, 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 insert plant. Um, optimal water requirements for blah, 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 insert plant, right? Especially for indoor, you want to have, uh, you want to kind of get that to a T because some indoor plants, if you skip watering for even one day and miss it, they you'll see dramatic results where like, oh, fuck, they just dropped 30 leaves. Or if you get too much water, it's like, oh, fuck, it just dropped 60 leaves. You're like, God damn it, I just got this plant so many leaves, and I don't know what happened. So what what I also have come to know, we're switching to indoor plants now, I guess, um, is with, with indoor plants, over summer, Arizona's hot and dry, right? And obviously, we have a little wet season, which kind of helps, but it's hot. So I find myself watering my plants every day. I mean, not the same plants, sometimes the same plants, but every day just going and going and going. Um, if somebody wants to grow a coffee plant, that shit needs to be wet all the time. That Its roots need to always be wet. But if you're growing a money tree, like those uh, ones where they weave the stems together and like, kind of like a braid, um, you can find them in any kind of nursery generally. Uh, and And... They're, they're awesome, pretty plants, um, but they, they do not like to be really wet. Their roots are, can be susceptible to rot, and if they're too wet, then they start to drop leaves like crazy, and I've had two that completely drop leaves. I'm like, what the hell? I didn't even think I watered it that much, so you can honestly water them once a week uh, over general, um, you know, 85, 90 degrees and below, uh, but as soon as it gets into those 100-degree temps, like, you're going to have to water a little more, so I would suggest if you're going to buy indoor plants to look up specific water requirements and then write them on, like, masking tape on your plant pot so you know what to do, and if you forget, just, like, maybe mark a calendar, you know, or like if it says water once a week to say, okay, cool. I water on Mondays, you know, you can always test the soil with a little, um, like a, like a popsicle stick and see where the water line is. And some plants you can kind of pull the root ball out. I don't suggest always doing that, but occasionally if you need to, like a money tree is easy to pop out because the soil is generally drier. You can see, you can feel at the bottom, like, oh, it's wet, you know, or you can even kind of squeeze the pot if it's still in a plastic pot, not like uh, ceramic. You can, uh, feel, uh, for any kind of give and usually it kind of indicates wetness, but I mean, indoor plants are also in lower light settings. So the susceptibility to mold and fungus and different bacterial rot within the pot is also an issue. So the darker the room is, the less water you need. The brighter the room is, you need a little bit more water. And so you have these different variables floating around. You got light, you got water, you got wetness, you got dryness, you got temperature. And so it's kind of like this weird game to learn all of them. And so what I would suggest if you're a noob to a plant uh, situation is just buy something easy, buy a pothos. Um, Man, I don't want to, yeah, I got to reach. Hang on. If my camera situation is panning out, you can see a pothos. Pothos are Pretty common plants. They're known as devil's ivy. They uh, hail from Sri Lanka. I'm pretty, pretty sure. Please fact check me. Please fact check me if you don't trust my confident um, appeal or whatever the word is. My confident uh, 
vibe or whatever. Uh, pothos are cool plants because they're they're called devil's ivy for a reason. They're hard to kill, so you don't need a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of effort with them, and they survive. They can be kind of wet the whole time. They can kind of dry out a little bit, but once you start to notice a, a yellowing leaf or two, that's the point um, to. That's when the <laughs> can't talk today. That's when you know you need a little bit of water. Um, so suggest pothos. I suggest uh, peace lilies. Peace lilies. I don't have one in this room, so I can't can't really show you. They put out a nice little white flower, which is funny because they've been bred so much for the indoor plant game. Uh, the ones in the wild, the the ones that you. <laughs> Compared to the ones in the wild, the ones in the wild have aromatic flowers, like really aromatic apparently. But the ones indoor, uh, they bred that out, unfortunately. So there's not really any kind of pretty smell. But they, they're great. They don't need a whole lot of water. And they usually tell you when they need water by drooping over. I like to try to catch that before it happens so that they don't stress, uh, they don't stress out. Because, you know, they don't want to stress your plant out being trying to search for water and it kind of falls over. And then, you know... You put water in and it takes a few hours for it to kind of perk up. For peace lilies are the case where it takes a few hours. Uh, if you get a nerve plant, which I don't also have here, um, it's in my room, they they will drop, they're so dramatic, they just like splay over your, uh, over the sides of their pot and are super dramatic. So you hit them with water and like 30 minutes, 45 minutes later, they start to perk back up. I try to catch that beforehand so it doesn't stress them out. But, you know, I mean, ultimately you're trying to recreate kind of uh, the the, the uh, environment that these plants grew in. So, you know, you look up a pothos and you look up where it's from. Okay, we'll look up the weather where it's from. You know, what is it, what is it used to? But the funny thing is certain plants, um, as they're bred uh, for an indoor use, they kind of develop different characteristics. And, and to, to grow them the same way that their environment kind of requires is not always the smartest move just because you're indoor and you're in a protected environment and you don't have as much susceptibility to outdoor variability, right? So the temperature is going to be a little more constant, even though say it's in the summer in Arizona, it's a little warmer. You're going to have more of a, you're not going to have as much of a diurnal shift as you know, maybe it's home area would be. So an example I would give is a money tree. The ones you typically see, uh, it's also called like a uh, fucking something aquatica. can't remember. Something aquatica is the actual name. So you hear aquatica, you're like, well, what does that mean? That means water. These are used. These plants are used to living in a wet environment, but they're also used to being huge trees. They get up to over thirty feet tall, and they produce like edible seeds. Um, but we grow them in a dwarf setting, where they kind of weave the things together in their little pot. Well, that's a little environment. You don't want them to get big, and so the way they're bred and grown means their roots are kind of closer together and they don't develop as big of roots and spread out. And so they don't need as much water because they're kind of more compact and they're used to a different kind of environment. So plants will change uh, depending on how they're bred, so to speak. So I think that's a cool little chewable tidbit. Sorry, I fucked up my words a few times. I tried. Um, I think I'm getting warmed up enough. I'm going to record another episode after this sans uh, video camera because... I'm only allowed to shoot 29 minutes and um, I want to have a, like an, maybe like a 45 minute talk with, with the microphone and, uh, and the airwaves to see what y'all see if y'all are entertained by that. And um, so that's a little plant snid tidbit. So snippet tidbit. I think, uh, I think it's cool. I'm, I'm going to get better at them. I'm going to actually write notes next time and have 
uh, more specific ones. This I guess is, I guess is the second one I've done. I did the one about you know scents and stuff and essential oils, but I've learned more since then and I have more information to share. And again, this is all Googleable, you know. So if I if I say some things and you know you might believe me, but fact check me, you know, find out for yourself because I don't want to uh, mislead anybody and um, lead lead you astray. So I think that's all I got. So bye-bye.